Welcome to the Two Are Gathered Catholic Podcast with Father Rob Kroll and me, Jim Fellows. Father Rob, how are you doing? James, I am happy as a lark, doing well today. Good. Yeah. You weren't feeling too well for a while. Um, I'm right at the very end of a bit of a sinus cold, so um, it's on its way out, which is encouraging, and and I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to fly to Nebraska to uh, preach a weekend retreat, so I'm very happy that I am less clogged. So things are good. You want a, you want a travel tip? Sure. Tell me. If you're flying, um, Afrin. You got to oh. take some Afrin and take people. It's unnatural for people, but you take two shots up each nostril <laughs> and you will not. Um, if you don't, um, generally the pressure will cause a lot of uncomfortableness. Lot of, yeah. And you do a couple. I would do this all the time when I was traveling for business. I'd have a cold. I was feeling really horrible. And mm-hmm. I'd take two shots of Afrin before we took off. And okay. I was fine for three to four hours. Well, I appreciate the tip. What if I took five shots of Jameson? Would that be the equivalent? No, I would probably take care of everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then my question is, why not do both? Ah, that's it. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh. So, so um, before we get going with today's topic, I would like to uh, share some feedback. We're getting feedback, Father. How do you I feel know. about that? Woo-hoo. I'm I'm thrilled. It's wonderful. that's exciting. Mm-hmm. We got a comment um, on our uh, Podbean. Um, that's who we publish through is Podbean. I'm not sure if I'm I'm a big fan of Podbean yet, but mm. um, this is who we are publishing through uh, for this year. Mm-hmm. And we got a comment from uh, GT Bradshaw from our last uh, podcast on spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, GT says, or Mr. or Mrs. Bradshaw says, or Ms., whatever. So they say, um, you all have great rapport these podcasts are helpful. We are accustomed to seeking direction in many areas of our lives, but not often in the most imperative, our eternal life. Mm-hmm. I Excellent. think that's exactly right. And and I would agree that we have very good rapport. I think uh, uh, we get along well and we, we enjoy each other, so that's nice. But we also try to give some substantial content, which I think we do as well. So I'm I think so too. Yeah, grateful, grateful for the comment. Yep, and uh, and it's it's uh, fun shooting the breeze with you. Um, we got an email, and this was a couple of weeks ago, and I am remiss in uh, sharing this. Um, but we got an email from uh, Deb, okay, and she says, "I just listened to your most recent podcast on the Rosary, and it was great. I started to learn how to pray the Rosary while in Medjugorje. Nothing mm. makes one stand. Wait, nothing makes one stand out more." There than to be the only one in your group who has no idea what is going on with that prayer. That uh-huh. is hysterical, yeah. and she would be correct. <laughs> You've been now, there, so you know. I have. I've, yeah, <clears throat> uh, I knew the rosary, so I was. That was good. Right. Um, now I cannot imagine a day without praying the rosary. Oh, God bless you, Dad. Beautiful. Um, I love the luminous mysteries, the institution, the Eucharist, and the priest and once. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would we do without them? My next podcast to listen to will be the preceding one on reconciliation. My love hates sacrament. Uh-huh. Um, thank you, Jim, for prodding me. I was bugging her a little bit. Um, I forgot <laughs> that you were doing this. Um, can I claim senility? God bless you both. 
I will keep you in my prayers. Interesting story about Deborah. Okay. Um, I've known Deborah for, I don't know, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And um, we, she lives in Minnesota. We have never met. Really? We met on a uh, Catholic forum uh, mm-hmm. called Fat Mass, P-H-A-T-M-A-S-S. Okay. Dot com. And um, back in its heyday when it was really popular, um, I was on there as a quote-unquote uh, Catholic scholar because mm-hmm. I had a degree in theology and a lot of them didn't. Mm-hmm. And she was a regular uh, poster on there too. And then so we bonded there and then she, and then we became Facebook friends. But we have never... I think she lives in Coon Rapids or something. We've never met in person. It's one of those things with, you know, technology and, um, uh, you know, uh, social media and all this stuff that you can make friends with people and um, never see them face Right, to face. right. Well, that's, that's kind of neat, though, that you guys have been able to maintain that, that relationship. She's uh, she's a, a sweet sweet person, and mm-hmm. it's really and and I, I wanted to get her opinion on her podcast because she is very uh, devoted to her faith, and so I'm thrilled that she uh, likes what we have to say. Great. And uh, what was what else was I going? Oh, if um, other people who are listening. Um, Want to make a comment on our Facebook page? Uh, it's at tourgather.com. You can find us on Podbean. I'm not sure how, but you can search for us on tourgather.podbean. <laughs> and uh, you can send us an email at mail at tourgather.com. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll set up a website for us someday. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, All right. We got that going, and um, I'm th- thank you to both of you uh, that have commented and sent us emails. And mm-hmm. um, today's topic, what we got today? So today we're going to talk about the reality of suffering and how our Christian faith can help us as we face various forms of suffering in our lives. So uh, you and I were talking right before the podcast. This is a a weighty topic. It's one that really affects all of us, and uh, you know, it's um, there's just a lot going on right now. Uh, I mean, there always is, but um, yeah, the last year has seen a lot of different forms of suffering uh, that we're all kind of living under the pandemic, and that's not just those who have actually contracted COVID and gotten sick from it, but you know, all of us have been affected uh, negatively in some way, uh, whether it's through isolation not being able to be with family and friends at certain holidays, uh, for a time anyway, not being able to go to Mass or participate in a lot of the other normal activities that kind of make up our daily lives. Um, Losing jobs. Right, all that. The economic uh, you know, struggles that have flowed from it. Um, and then we have just a lot of other stuff that has gone on in the last year in our country, a lot of civic unrest and political right. turmoil and so yeah i think a lot of people are just feeling um pretty weighed, Beat weighed down, down. Mm-hmm. yeah that's yes. exactly right <laughs> so why do we care about suffering in the cat as catholics well because it is shouldn't we all, avoid suffering isn't that uh, something we should be walking away from well it's not an easy yes or no answer you know to that question i think that um Certainly, suffering um, is something that we Catholics are known to try to alleve. Uh, we have lots of people in our church that are on the front lines of alleviating suffering in various forms. I mean, we have Catholic 
medical professionals. We have Catholic counselors and therapists and psychologists. We have, uh, you know, people who work with, um, oh, disaster relief, you know, Catholic relief services, uh, Catholic charities who try to help people that are homeless. So, I mean, suffering takes many forms. It afflicts body, mind, and soul. And so Catholics are, you know, we've always been out there as people trying to um, bring alleviate the... Alleviate suffering. Yeah, alleviate yeah. it, eliminate it as best we can. So, so if the rest of these people would stop suffering, we wouldn't have to work so hard. <laughs> yeah, would you guys stop suffering out there? We'd have more <laughs> leisure time to play golf and tennis and things like that. What, um, what I would add to that uh, point is that the thing that I find very interesting is that um, uh, Christians... Jews and Muslims, who all have a monotheistic belief, mm-hmm. um, all believe in the same God, although they have different interpretations of that whole thing. But those three uh, faiths all believe that uh, suffering is uh, necessary and that there is value to suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's not another religion out there that... Uh, that, that uh, joins that thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They acknowledge suffering. I mean, uh, sure. Buddha's um, Buddha's first uh, line in his uh, his first law of, of life mm-hmm. is uh, you know it's it's uh, life is suffering. Life is suffering, right? But he doesn't he he did not embrace it. He right. wasn't like, uh, and that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. It's the rest of his laws were on how to remove that suffering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I find that very interesting that uh, that we are uh, you know we're part of a religion that actually believes we're supposed to suffer. The Jews are certainly um, a great example historically of suffering a lot and mm-hmm. being uh, okay with that. Well, and I think, you know, if we go back to the beginning, if we go back to pre-lapsarian, there's a term. So before the fall... <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> i got to throw out... You know, people need terms that they can use at their next cocktail party. Pre-lapsarian. Pre-lapsarian. So pre-fall, you know, like okay. in the garden when God first created us, there wasn't any suffering. So, um, you know, if there hadn't been the introduction of sin and evil... Right. Um, you know, God, it isn't as if God really wants us to suffer in that sense. That wasn't part of his original plan. But now that suffering has entered into the world, uh, in part through our sin, um, God can use that suffering to bring about great good. And Like today's gospel, it was really interesting that today's gospel cor- uh, corresponds with uh, the reading that I found for um, uh, our topic today. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading from Matthew 13, talking about um, uh, the, the sower of seeds. And he sowed some, and some of the seed fell on the road, and birds came along and ate the seeds. Some seed fell on stony ground. The seed started to grow right away, but it was not deep ground, so they died. Mm-hmm. When the sun shined, it was too hot for the new plants, and they died because they had no roots. Some seeds fell amongst weeds, and the weeds grew up and made the plant die. But some seeds fell on good ground. The seed grew, and the plants gave more seeds. Some plants gave 30 seeds, some gave 60, some gave 100. And I've heard this preached about a lot in church, and I've never heard a priest... Um, make the point that um, I think is pivotal to uh, this parable, which is if you want to have fertile soil, mm-hmm. it's it's got to have some uh, uh, poop. 
poop in it. It's gotta have it's gotta have manure. Manure, yeah. And if it doesn't have manure, it's not gonna be insert whatever word you want to use that I would like to use, but it's <laughs> we, we have a G-rated podcast, right? Um, but it can't be good soil without it. Any farmer's gonna tell you that, right? And I think the pivotal thing about that is that's the same thing with us. Yeah, we we have to have, you know. Uh, crap happen in our lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and work through it and resolve it so that our lives can become fertile. I know a lot of people who have had fairly easy lives and have absolutely no ability to empathize yeah. with people who are going through really tragic things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very wisely spoken. And it's a good image, you know, because... Um all of us, uh, maybe not a far, we're not farmers, but maybe we have a garden at home, and we know. Well, I can go. remember my dad loved doing gardening around the house, and I used to uh, go with him to the local, you know, a flower place, and we pick up fertilizer. And uh, yeah, like you say, when you know what fertilizer consists of, um, you realize that at one level, it's kind of the yuckiest of substances, but yeah, it's exactly what the the soil needs to bear fruit and to make beautiful flowers so you know god does that with our lives he he takes what we label as the worst uh the smelliest um the stuff we wish weren't there and he uses it for great good and so again god does he doesn't originally he doesn't want us to suffer but now that suffering is part of our world he wants us to be able to welcome it um, not because in and of itself it's wonderful but because it can bring about great good and it can have great uh, meaning and, and positive effects in our life. You know, another analogy that's coming to mind is, is somebody who wants to um, maybe uh, grow stronger and they go to a gym and we might have used this in a previous podcast. This image. We have like used this analogy and like ad nauseum of our podcast. It's <laughs> still apt, though. Yeah. You're not wrong. Use it again. Maybe, All right. Maybe this is the only episode somebody's going to hear. <laughs> oh, so that's true. That's we'll true. pretend well, that this is the first. I'll make it quick. <laughs> it was simply the idea that you have to <laughs> suffer to you know lift weights and and do all your calisthenics and get on the elliptical and you know you got to sweat sweat and grunt a little bit but that's how you get stronger and healthier and so you know the same is true in our spiritual lives um if we don't have some obstacles difficulties trials crosses right. sufferings whatever you want to call it we're we're, we're going to get spiritually slothful and and we're not going to grow and the people that we connect with the best when we're going through a crisis or struggling are people who have uh, gone through something similar. Right. Or, or who has had a depth of pain um, that, that can match yours. Like people will go to uh, grief uh, groups for um, they've got a, 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 a a relative that's uh, died of cancer and, and, and they want to reach out to somebody. And then there's other people. It's like, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. I've lost someone to cancer as well, and right. I am uh, here for you. Right. So um, there's, there's a connectedness that can happen right. through suffering, but doesn't always happen. It's not automatic, no. It's got to be a choice. Exactly. Because we probably all know people whose suffering has led them to become quite bitter and despairing. And so, you know, that's tragic. Um, you're right. It's got to be chosen, and God's grace is there to help us to move in the right direction. 
So uh, when I was um, living in Guatemala, this uh, this story is is apropos mm-hmm. to our discussion today. Um, there was a, 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 I think she was like, I was down there, I was in my 30s, and there was this uh, high school girl yeah. who lived down there named Rosario. And uh, she was awesome. She yeah. was super helpful to me. She was an orphan. She mm-hmm. lived in the orphanage. Um, if and the orphans would steal from us, I don't oh, know, just it was an Oliver Twist <laughs> thing. They had no idea they were doing anything wrong. They were just like, "Oh, that looks really cool," and then they'd take it. And then <laughs> yeah. I'd go to Rosario, and I'd be like, uh, "You help a guy out," and she'd go and she'd find it and she'd bring it back, uh. and she'd help me with my Spanish and and work on my Spanish. And she gave me a ton of grief, which I, I, I just love that about, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially young people Yeah, when they can turn around and just give it to Dish you. Dish it back. Yep. It was fantastic. I absolutely, uh, she's a wonderful person, a huge help. And I learned, uh, it, during my stay down there that Rosario came to the orphanage um, her family lived in the mountains, and when I say lived in the mountains, it was a cornstalk hut, uh-huh. um, one room. That's no cable, nothing. Wow, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the army uh, showed up at their hut one night, and if 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 you lived in Guatemala and you wanted to get rid of somebody, um, if somebody was angering you, you would tell the army that that person was a guerrilla sympathizer. Wow, and then they'd be gone. Yeah. And and the army showed up in the mm. middle of the night, tied her parents to a tree, mm. um, tortured them to get them uh, to try to get them to admit that they were guerrilla sympathizers, which they didn't. Right. Um, they shot them in front of the children mm. and then um, ushered her and um, her uh, three sisters and brother um, back into the hut. Yeah. And set it on fire. Oh, my goodness. And at the ripe old age of 10, mm. Rosario got her, all of her brother, her brother and her sisters out through the back without mm-hmm. the army noticing, wow. um, walked, wandered through the mountains until they came up across a road. Um, uh, 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 somebody driving by picked them up, mm-hmm. took them to the mission, and um, they were all living there. Okay. And... Um, this uh, wonderful, delightful, loving uh, person who was happy to help me anytime around, uh, anytime I needed it, and I needed a lot of help, mm-hmm. um, had every reason in the world yeah. to uh, not be pleasant, right. to, um, to drown in the horror that she sure, faced. Sure, um, And she chose not to. Yeah, she, amazing. It, it's and and it really it taught me that you know suffering, a lot of times is really based on per- perspective. Mm-hmm. And and when we're going through a crisis, I think that our natural inclination is to feel as if we're alone and that nobody's ever gone through anything as bad as this. Yeah, yeah, we can turn it into a, a pity party pretty quickly. Yes, and I think that is um, diabolical. I mm-hmm. really do. I think that's a tool. Of Satan to make us feel alone, yep, and to try to stay in, and a lot of people stay inward with that, yeah, yeah, um, for sure. But but if you can look at whatever, hor- and for me, 
I walked away from that and I'm like, I have no reason to complain ever in my life. <laughs> right. It's it and as soon yeah, as it almost makes you embarrassed, life, you know, to think about what we can what we do complain right. about as Americans and stuff. It's it's <clears throat> it's crazy. The first world problems that just tie us up in knots. Yeah. And and I'll I'll have a bad day and I will get I will perseverate over something and then I will immediately think of Russ Radio mm. and realize um, you know what? This ain't as bad as it's bad. I'm suffering and it hurts, but um, the, the, a lot of people have it worse. Yeah, no, so, that's right. You don't. It is. It's important that we don't feel like we have to deny, you know, the suffering or pain or or say, oh, that's not real. But you're right. It can help to to realize what other people are going through and and how good we've got it. Um, and and you know, along those lines too, Jim. I think it's important to point out that. And, and this can sound very pious, and, and it can sound very pious, but I think we, you know, we have to realize that um, uh, we really can unite whatever suffering or pain we're going through with the cross of, of Christ, you know, yep. and that um, we can actually help Jesus redeem or save the world. That For all eternity, he's known our suffering, and from the cross, he saw it all, and he experienced the suffering that flows from our sins. So, yeah, on one level, he's like already uh, redeemed it or or, or tra- um, transformed it. But you know, Paul talks about the fact that we kind of make up for what's lacking in the cross of Christ. Paul isn't saying that there was something deficient or imperfect about Jesus's sacrifice on the cross. What he's saying is that uh, all of us who make up the body of Christ and belong to the head, who is Jesus, you know, our suffering matters, and it can be used by him for good. And that's, I mean, to me, that's a real consoling reality, and it, and it can help us get through a real difficult time. But we have to choose that. True. That is the critical part about that. If, mm-hmm. if you do not choose to, and it makes zero sense, um, like logically, to offer your suffering up to God on behalf of you know people in purgatory or mm-hmm. other people in your lives, and it objectively speaking, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but neither does uh, God. So, um, yeah. you, I mean, seriously, He can yeah. do anything with anything. So, right. Right. If, when he, when He says, you know, bring your suffering to me, um, I buy it. And I, I think I've mentioned before a mutual friend of ours who's got um, a, a chronic uh, pain issue that she's had for. I think five or six years now, and it's yeah. it's 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 it can be it's daily, and it can be so debilitating, like migraine type, that um, she can't even walk outside, and she can be down for uh, the day, and Yikes. she really has to um, like work around. You know, am I going to feel horrible? Um, do I have a backup plan? And um, you know, and she's she's uh, we go to the same church and. And we were talking about it one day, and, and she's just like, I just, um, it's an opportunity. And I yeah. offered this up. I offered this up for the people in purgatory. I offered this up for the people in my life that haven't found the Lord yet. Mm-hmm. And I know that my suffering is 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 going for something good, and that, right. that gives me some peace of mind. Right. Yeah. And God bless her, because, man, my whole attitude's been do what God wants me to do, um, and wine when absolutely necessary. <laughs> yeah, no, well put. Well put. I think that's true for all of us. And, you know, you and I are talking right now about sufferings that are kind of, um, 
inflicted on us, you know, not things that were necessary. We can choose how we want to approach it and with what mindset and spiritual attitude, but often there's all kinds of sufferings that we don't, you know, like choose. I mean, whether it's an illness or some kind of a failure or loss. But, you know, and again, this is important that we don't uh, abuse this notion, but Christians are also known as people who can willingly even accept, uh, like, look for suffering. By that I mean they can engage in mortifications or ascetical practices like fasting or, you know, I know guys in the seminary here who uh, will take a cold shower on Fridays, and they'll offer that up, you know, intentionally for somebody they know who's suffering. So it isn't just about sort of um, dealing with sufferings that come our way that that we have no control over, but we can in an appropriate way, we can also um, actually take on suffering that we that we kind of bring on ourselves. But again, not not because the body is bad or because uh, God right. wants us to just wallow in suffering, but because we know that this is all part of uh, the cross, and God can use it. Um, you know, think about the well, suffering too. Uh, that uh, yeah. let's let's. I'm going to interrupt you. Please, there, um, yeah, yeah, because go for it. I'm going to uh, bring up. Uh, a time when I was getting spiritual direction from you. You can listen mm-hmm. to about uh, more about that on our last episode, um, where you inflicted suffering on me, <laughs> and you were <laughs> you were like, "This is something that you could do." I had um, somebody that I, I deeply cared about, and um, I was talking with you uh, uh, about uh, this relationship and. And that this person had decided to become an atheist. Yeah. And it was devastating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was nothing I could do about it because we had a big falling out and uh, we weren't talking anymore and there wasn't any way that I could right. do anything directly. Right. And then you said, um, you know, there's power in sacrificial prayer, Jim. You could, mm. uh, um, you could do something sacrificial and 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 that could be a prayer uh, that mm-hmm. and 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 so um, and it was probably your idea and I'll never forgive <laughs> you for this but um, I I quit smoking yeah. and that was that was the impetus to get me to quit mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. B- because I would and it was it was helpful in the fact that I could um, look at the cigarette and and say is this cigarette worth this person's soul yeah and every time the answer is no it's not worth it sure so that has uh that i mean i was smoking you know a couple packs a day really mm-hmm. enjoying it and uh that's uh that they're suffering there man I'm oh totally gonna... <laughs> my sister's doing it right now it's been about three weeks since she's uh stopped and i know uh Yep, you're right. It's that's a, that nicotine uh, habit is a hard one. So it's a tough one. It is. It is. It was. It took. It took a couple of years before I would think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, it was. It was. A, it took a long time. Mm-hmm. But I really think, and I've shared this with people who've, who've thought about uh, quitting smoking or you know stopping crack or whatever. Um, that uh, <laughs> if you can find one question um, that you can ask yourself that uh, is always going to be no. Is this worth hmm. whatever? Yeah. And, and, and if I, if, if something is like, is it worth getting cancer? Eh, I'll take my chances. <laughs> yeah. Is it worth uh, offending people around you? 
I do that on a regular basis. Uh, <laughs> one more thing is not going to impact me. Is it worth this person's soul? Nope. Nope. It's not. That's and it. it never will be. Mm-hmm. So that's suffering. And I don't know, and I'll never know. I mean, maybe when I die, I'll know if this had any impact mm. um, to uh, bring this person back to the church or mm-hmm. or what. But I just got to go on faith that... Uh, this was a sacrificial suffering that uh, maybe did some good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. No, we have a long tradition of that belief. And so I think um, uh, that's, I mean, I'm just, I hope people who are listening can, you know, feel like, yeah, maybe there's something in my life right now that I can uh, accept as a suffering or a cross so that I can uh, offer that on behalf of somebody else. And there's lots of opportunities for that. Uh, yeah. don't, we're not lacking them. And I think, you know, one thing we want to highlight, too, is that along with joining our suffering to the cross and helping Jesus to, you know, save the world through it and helping some person that we know by offering it as a sacrifice, we also know from experience that's willingly accepted, lovingly accepted, that suffering can also bring about greater virtue in ourselves. So, you know, we can grow in things like patience and perseverance. Um, we can grow in humility. Um, so suffering, you know, has good lessons kind of contained within it. Again, we might not like it very much with our emotions, but we can embrace it knowing that God is actually going to use it to bring about some growth in virtue or holiness in ourselves. Um, so that's another angle on this whole suffering question that I think is, is really helpful to keep in mind. So on that uh, on that uh, bent, um, it's a little uh, story to re- uh, reinforce that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before I met you. Okay, um, I went through a two year period of um, really uh, severe depression. Okay, and uh, when I say severe depression, and I'm not saying this to gain sympathy or anything like that, mm-hmm. but just to illustrate a point um, that. Um, my therapist um, made me call her every day that I was traveling to let her know that I hadn't walked in front of a bus. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, she was ready to hospitalize me. Yeah. She was, yeah. she was, I, 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 I had to talk her out of that. And it was okay. two years of, it was crazy. I was making good money and I had zero cash and I could not tell you today where that money went. Hmm. But I was threatened to be evicted. My car was t- uh, repossessed. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, and I didn't care because I was mm. d- severe depression. Yeah, for me is like watching a movie that you absolutely have no interest in. Yeah. Um, but when the, when I hit that moment where the depression was abated and I had resolved my issues, yeah, I started thinking about. Um, What's the point of all the suffering? What's mm-hmm. the point of this depression? What what good could possibly come from this? Right. And the the image that came into my head, and I like this. I can't prove it, but I like it. Um, I, I I I imagine our capacity for suffering uh, to be like a balloon. Okay. And then our capacity for love is a balloon. Outside of the balloon, that's our capacity of suffering. Okay. And when that balloon, when our suffering is increased, yeah, that balloon expands. 
Mm-hmm. And once you get that suffering resolved, then that balloon can contract more. But the 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 tiny little you know centimeter uh, outside of it, the balloon of for your capacity for love, mm-hmm. is still that large. Yeah. yeah. So the the and it made a lot of sense to me that mm-hmm. as much pain and suffering that I was going through, my ability to love. Um, became that much greater. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's a good image. I've never heard that one before. Well, that's because I made it up. (laughs) (laughs) You should, should, um, what's the word? You should um, copyright that or something or, you know. Yeah. That that sounds like a good plan. No, that's excellent. That's excellent. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so. I hope uh, other people like it too. Yeah. Well, and again, you're highlighting that, um, you know, basically, suffering and good can go together, and that, in a sense, there won't. I mean, the ultimate good um, can't happen without struggle, without challenges and trial. You know, and we, and we know that. Usually, we don't see it at the time. At the time, we're just kind of miserable. Um, you know, if we're a, a, a great saint, yeah, we can maybe in the moment we can recognize its goodness and, you know, unite it with God's cross, Jesus's cross. But often it's more in hindsight that we realize, oh, wow, you know, I see now kind of as I've, the the storm clouds have parted and the sun shining again, I can see what God was doing and how he was, as you were saying before, using the manure to bring about great growth. So, but this happened, if we live long enough and we pay attention enough, we kind of begin to see this pattern repeating itself, and that makes it easier because we're like, okay, this isn't the first time I've suffered. It's not the first time I've encountered this cross. Uh, St. Ignatius, the founder of my religious order, the Jesuits, is a master of talking about spiritual consolation and spiritual desolation, and he he has some really good insights into what we do when we are uh, spiritually desolate, and that can be a great form of suffering, you know, when our prayer is dry or apparently God has abandoned us, and so, yeah. and, and this isn't just St. Ignatius. I mean, all the great saints uh, have a lot of wisdom for us in this area. So, you know, they just call for basic uh, perseverance and trust, and, um, you know, we just gotta, we just got to be faithful to our basic duties in life, and, and we need to turn to other people so that they, you know, think about Jesus. He wasn't too proud to carry the cross all by himself. He let Simon of Cyrene help right. him. He let the women of Jerusalem wipe his sweaty and bloody brow. Right. Um, so, you know, if, if our Savior can enlist the help of others in his cross, well, my goodness, we should certainly do the same. And, and I, I, that was a neat thing. You know, you were, it was nice, the vulnerability that you showed in talking about your own uh, experience of depression, and you weren't alone in that. You had a therapist that cared about you and wanted you to check in every day. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing we all need community. We all need um, support. My wife just dropped something upstairs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was wondering what the hell was. <laughs> well, I, I was don't know. Your head, I thought maybe your head had I, hit the microphone. I hope it's not her. I hope she didn't <laughs> fall down. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> you, maybe you should go check on her. I may have to, have to, well, after the podcast. So yeah. and we're, getting, we're getting pretty close to the <laughs> we're end. We're getting close to the end. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard. One of the hard things about suffering, um, and we're in crisis mode, is um, we don't feel safe. And whenever your um, uh, ability to feel safe is constricted, you you have a really hard time making any decisions for yourself, let alone anybody else. Um, But if you are offering that suffering up uh, to Christ, if you are trying to, you know, 
actively try to help other people, that is a brave step mm-hmm. to walk beyond that yeah. and 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 reach out to other people and 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 try to ease their suffering. Because isn't it true that typically suffering tends to make us turn inward and to yeah. like lick our wounds? We want to isolate. So you're right. Anything that that in our suffering, anything that opens us up to others in love, who opens us up to God, that's you know that's key, and and that can help us to find hope and find meaning. But uh, you know, it's when we just sort of. Uh, roll up into a ball, you know, figuratively and just kind of, or literally and just isolate, right. we're really in trouble, you know. And it's a choice. It's an and again, choice. it is a choice, right. Yeah, very important to highlight that. It really is. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I'd like to be redundant and repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're funny. Oh, thanks, but look, man. looks aren't everything, but. Oh, uh, there uh, you go. It's, we're wrapping up. We're good? Uh, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I think we're good. I think, yeah, I thought we were going to go like three hours. I know, I know. Maybe <laughs> was, we were. That's, that's a that's, fairly that's passionate okay. topic today. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so stuff that we like. Yay! Um, we have we've mon- mon- you know we've, we've given it a moniker. Um, I have <laughs> been waiting uh, to hear uh, from uh, a friend of mine. Um, the, the, about this organization, and he hasn't uh, he hasn't written me back yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, he has uh, former former friend of yours. Then yeah, now a former friend. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, he's probably busy doing like important stuff. Yeah, um, that's good. But there, the, his um, website is selling um, beer glasses for it's a, a twins uh, thing. Um, uh-huh. and the site's about the Minnesota Twins. It's called Twins Daily. Um, but they're selling, they, every year they have uh, an event where everybody comes down. There's like two or 300 people there and you can buy, a, you get a beer glass if you buy uh, a ticket and you get to take it home and it's, it's uh, got a, a special design on it for that year. And they obviously can't do it this year because, you know, we have a plague. Right. So, um, but they decided to go ahead and order these glasses and allow people to buy them. And what they're going to do, and I thought this was so cool, they are going to take all the proceeds um, from these glasses and dedicate it to organizations that are supporting hospitality workers uh, during this pandemic who oh. are out of work. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's a fantastic thing. And yeah, awesome. I emailed them to find out like what was the specific organization, and he didn't know. So, I mean, but no. he does, but he hasn't. He, he hasn't shared that with you yet. So yeah. if it comes back before um, uh, I, we publish this, uh, then I will add it to the uh, the description. Okay. And we'll add, add the link as I am want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we can, um, we'll, we'll see if that happens. And, uh, but... Uh, if you're in your city, because we got a lot of people around the country who listen to us, okay. if that has any appeal to you, just do a Google search and you should be able to find local organizations that are trying to help out um, hospitality people. I can't mm-hmm. imagine being in the hospitality industry for industry, the Industry, uh, I know. That's what that's been, been absolutely crazy. Yeah. Mm. So, well, well, that's, well, that's what that's we a great this cause. week. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> All right. You you got a prayer for us? You want to close us out? Sure, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 
So once again, Heavenly Father, we praise you for the gift of our lives, for all the blessings that you bring into our lives, including at times the blessing of suffering or hardship. We ask that we might be able to unite any cross that we experience with that of your son, Jesus, that we might help him to uh, redeem the world and save the world in our own small way. We ask that through our uh, experience of trials and difficulties, we might grow in virtue and holiness as well. We know and trust that someday you will reveal to us uh, the meaning and the value of the suffering of our lives. For those people that are truly weighed down by heavy crosses, please stay close to them, and may we be attentive to those in our own lives who are suffering so that we can be Simon of Cyrene for them and help them to carry their suffering. We ask all these many things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. And um, just a little added note, um, if any of our listeners are, are, are suffering and are in need of prayer, um, send us an email. And, yeah, for and sure. We would absolutely um, be happy to pray for you. Yes, indeed. I have a little uh, prayer list that I keep, a list of intentions in my breviary, and look at those every morning. 47 of them are mine. <laughs> <laughs> no, only 41. Um, but no, that's what we priests, and you know, we can all do this, but we priests especially try to take that seriously when people ask us to pray for them. So by all means, if you uh, send us a prayer request, we'll, we'll lift it up to the Lord. Absolutely. We won't talk uh, about it on air either. We'll just no. we'll just pray for you. Exactly. So. All right, Father, you got uh, a, a big plans this week heading back to Nebraska. In, yeah, uh, a uh, your old stomping grounds. I know. Eighty That's men exciting. are waiting for me to come and preach a retreat to them. So actually, talking about prayer requests, if anybody. Uh, well, actually, by the time this podcast gets heard, it'll be over. But that's okay. You can still pray for the the men that I'll be preaching to retroactively. There you go. And God, God's outside of time, so he'll right. Listen to so it. it works exactly. I can tell uh, you right now, it was a hugely successful retreat because <laughs> I just said go. a prayer for you. Okay, thank you. All right, man. All right, Jim. God bless. Have a good week. Thanks yep. for listening, folks. Take care. Bye, bye, everybody. God bless you.